You're listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. What it is, Duke City. Good morning, good morning. Saturday, August 14th, the year of our Lord, 2021. I hope you're having the best morning ever. I had a pretty hectic morning myself, Vital. You can't, uh, you know, obviously this is only radio. We're, we're not on television. And I just walked in at 7.59, one minute before the show started, because I've had the craziest 20 minutes of my life, and that is obviously hyperbole. I've had way crazier 20 minutes of my life. I was hustling to get to the show. I'm a 15-minute early guy, as usual. I'm not often on Albuquerque time. Of course, except for when I am. Got up this morning, did my normal routine. Gave my lovely girlfriend a kiss on the forehead, put her back to bed. Got ready, fed the dogs. Got out the door in a timely manner. And I don't live that far from the station. I'm probably, if I hit a couple lights, I'm seven minutes away. Not the not the best timing, but, you know, five to seven minutes away. I'm close. I'm just right here. It's no big deal getting to work on time. A lot of you people know how it is. I'm on pace to be 15, 20 minutes early. And I get to Central and 6th Street. And I had a, uh, we'll just call him a man of the street, walk in the crosswalk right in front of me and start disrobing. You heard that right, Vital. Fred Slow will be joining shortly, having technical difficulties as he is on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. And I'll tell you the rest of the story after the intro here. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We play on Team I-9 Sports. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. When we're on the road, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. 505-246-0610. Hit us on the Graphic Connection hotline. And when we party downtown, we party at Bourbon and Boots. So what had happened was I pull up to the stoplight on Central and 6th Avenue. And this is literally 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago. And a person of the street starts disrobing right in front of me. 
in the middle of the sidewalk, the crosswalk, excuse me. Off comes the hat, flings the hat like he just got eight seconds on a bull. Next, off comes the shirt. He's doing all of this like I'm not even sitting there whatsoever. Off comes the shirt. He keeps the shirt. He shoves the shirt back in his backpack, which seems smart and economical considering I don't think he's got a lot of shirts. Then I was like, oh my goodness, what comes next? You guessed it, the pants. You might have guessed shoes come next. He's got to take his shoes off, right? To get the pants off. Shyamalan twist, he's not wearing shoes. So then off come the pants. And it's just him, Jesus, in his underwear hanging out. And then he turns around and makes direct eye contact at me and gives me this toothless smile like he known me his whole life, like he went to middle school with my grandma. And the light's been green. And I don't want to, like, put his life in danger because depending on who you ask, I'm kind of a nice person. So I pull back, put it in reverse, and I'm going to go around him. And mind you, he's in his skibbies. Skibbies, very holy socks. Not like the Sabbath holy, like there's a bunch of holes in his socks. And then now we're playing chicken. I put it in reverse, scoot back a couple feet. I'm going to go around him in the oncoming lane. No one's coming. Seems safe. Downtown is very chill at 7.45 in the morning on a Saturday. And guess what he does? Again, you you guessed it correctly. He steps in front of my car again. And I'm like, okay, I see how this is going to go. Maybe I'm just going to have to reverse all the way around the block and go around until magic happens and he starts dancing. And when I say dancing, I don't mean he's two-stepping. I don't mean he's uh, starting to salsa. He's not doing the Macarena. This man of the street gives me this sultry dance. Strip club-esque, boudoir-esque dance. And I'm not going to lie. The guy had done it before. He was a pro. I think if you check his resume, there's going to be some Chippendales on that resume. So now I'm like, you know what? This is worth it. I'm going to be late to work. But at least I get to see this guy grooving in front of me in just his skibbies. And compared to his socks, I'm going to be honest, he had some pretty nice underwear on. Clean, tidy whities Well, they weren't tidy whities We're talking boxer briefs here. And he quits dancing. 
And he grabs his backpack and gets out of the way, and then the light turns red again. And I'm like, okay. So I pull up, and I'm about to run the red light until I see right behind me turn the corner. You all have been here before. A white Ford Explorer comes creeping up on me, and I'm like, oh, great. This cop is about to watch me run a red light because I was. I literally was. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit full guilt here right now. I was about to run a red light, you know, because of the the homeless strip dance situation. And I slam on the brakes and I reverse back into the correct parking position, stopping position, I should say. And what I perceive to be a police officer rolls up on me. But it's not a police officer. It's just some jerk in a new white Ford Explorer with a ski rack that to me look like police lights. So after this very traumatic event, which I'm going to have, it's going to take me a while to unpack. It's going to take me a while to unpack. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get back into therapy. I thought I was mentally sound and I never had to go to therapy again. But here we are. PTSD of a person of the street stripping for me, which I didn't ask for. There was no consent provided on my part. I did not ask him to strip for me. I did not have a stack of ones. I have not had any alcohols. I was not in a licensed strip club environment. And then now I have PTSD from thinking I'm going to get a ticket for running a red light because I'm late to work. And then the situation I just described. But no, it's just a normal citizen in a white Ford Explorer with a ski rack. So strip... Strip story notwithstanding, why do people buy white explorers if they're not a member of the police department, they're not a member of some government agency? It bothers me. It grinds my gears. 505-246-0610, hit us up on the Graphic Connection hotline. Fred is on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and he's piping in via the interwebs. And him and super producer Mike Vital are trying to get this thing figured out. But you got me, and you got a good story. And we'll be back after this commercial break. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central Live from the At Talk ABQ Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. And when we're on the road, like Fred is today, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. 505-246-0610. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline. And when we're downtown, we're partying at Bourbon and Boots. More ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal, when we get back. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. You listen to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central Live from the At Talk ABQ Studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. 
And we're on the road, as such Fred is this weekend. He took a little vacay. He's on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, 505-246-0610. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline. Not only can you call, but you can also text. We're downtown. We're partying at Bourbon and Boots. Come get at us. Speaking of the text line, a little early, but 7.30, a loyal listener, just texted the letter X. So if you're having trouble, it's just like any other text message you send, 505-246-0610. If you have a question, you have a concern, you got a topic you want us to touch on, we'll touch on it on the Graphic Connection Hotline. Speaking of texts, I got a text this morning from friend of the show, David. Haven't heard from David in a long time. But David wants to know our stance on the New Mexico United Stadium. Excuse me. And I'll tell you what. I'm for growth. I'm for anything that makes Albuquerque better. And I know the biggest concern in the Albuquerque community is funding. What's the economic impact? How is it going to be funded? And I'll tell you what. I haven't read the 330-page report. And loyal listener, you already know that we had Jeff Grammer on last week. And we had David Carl on the week before. David Carl of... Uh, Media man, media extraordinaire, Swiss Army knife of the New Mexico United. We had it on to talk about, uh, talk deets of the new stadium. So we've covered it a lot already, and I'm no expert. I'm not on the city council. I'm not on the planning committee, so I don't have all the answers. But I'll tell you what I think. And I am in support of the new stadium. Because I like nice things. I want Albuquerque to have nice things. If you've seen a United match at the uh, Rio Grande Credit Union field at Isotope Stadium, you've seen a very good product already. If you haven't been to a United match, I highly recommend you go to one. It's a lot of fun. Support your community. Support cool stuff happening in Albuquerque and New Mexico. But again, I'm in support. You got to cross some T's. You got to dot some I's. You got to figure out where the funding exactly comes from. How much is Albuquerque's burden? How much is New Mexico's cut? How much is the taxpayer's cut? And it's hard for people to really get behind it until they have those answers. And friend of the show, David, texts this morning asking my opinion. And I told him, and let's say verbatim here, this is what I text him back. I support the stadium with a mix of public, private, and New Mexico United funding as long as the stadium complex is multi-use. And that's a simple short answer, and it's not very complicated. But that's my answer. I'd like to see some downtown revitalization, whether it goes... North of downtown, south of downtown, rail yards, Borellis, wherever it may be. I'd like to see it downtown. Close to the interstate, maybe the big eye, 
maybe Led Cole and Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, whatever the exit is now. Chavez Huerta, Huerta Chavez. I'd like to see sister businesses and <clears throat> restaurants and breweries and whatever else else you know may come with it pop up around the stadium and i think it will and i think whatever area the stadium ends up going will be revitalized will have a nice shiny new finish in that neighborhood <clears throat> and i get the concerns where's the money coming from number one yeah i agree we as taxpayers i don't think we're going to have a huge liability here from what I understand, there's going to be some bonds that are already on the books extended. There's going to be some private funding. There's going to be some New Mexico United money infused. Again, I don't have the exact numbers. But I'm for it. And if it, if it costs me a buck out of every paycheck or whatever it is, you spread that over a couple million people, that's not that difficult to do. But I think it'll have a great impact on Albuquerque's economy. As long as the stadium is multi-use, you know, how many how many matches are United going to play there a year? A few friendlies, a few preseason, and what, 24 matches there? Obviously, the stadium is going to have to have more use. Get some concerts, get some events. From my, what I understand, they want to have a year-round beer garden and sports bar and a community area that can highlight what's going on in community art, whatever it may be. But I'm for it, and I think you should too, Albuquerque. Because it will revitalize the area that it's in. There will be nicer things popping up in and around it. From the text line, yeah, bro, exactly that. Thank you. Thank you for my layman's knowledge has been acknowledged. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Albuquerque. And I think this would be a good step for Albuquerque, for downtown Albuquerque. It'd be a cool new venue for concerts and public events and But I, I do I do have one issue with it. And Vital still behind the scenes here working, trying to get Fred back in. Problem on the interwebs getting him connected. But that's okay, Albuquerque, you got me right now. And at nine thirty you got Star of T V and Radio. Recently named back to back to back New Mexico Sports Caster of the Year. KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega coming up at 9.30 to talk local sports, what's happening in the world, and going to preview a story, and I'm just going to pat him on the back on air for his sustained success here in Albuquerque. So your favorite guest, Albuquerque, Brandon Ortega's coming on. A lot going on in the sports world this week. NFL talk. MLB pennant races heating up, NBA offseason, rookies in the summer league. There is some young 
studs playing basketball, and I am wildly impressed. Going to talk the Field of Dreams game. I loved it. The world was kind of lambasting it a little bit. And if you don't know what lambast means, that means talking smack. It's one of my 50-cent words. You're welcome. J.R. Smith is going back to school. NBA veteran J.R. Smith going back to school. And apparently throughout the years, he's become a pretty good golfer. And he wants to join the golf team. I'm going to talk about that. Messi, one of the greatest soccer players in the history of the sport. Changed squads for the first time in his career. A very heartfelt and emotional changeover there. I'm going to talk about that. Is Messi the greatest? 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Graphic Connection hotline or text line. Let me know your thoughts. Finally watched the Suicide Squad. Going to talk a little Suicide Squad. Want to hear your thoughts on that as well. More sports after the break. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're joining us on a solo program. Fred Slow is on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and he's trying to pipe in on the interwebs, but they're having some tech diffs. So it's just me and you right now, Albuquerque. All by myself. Please. Just a loner. <laughs> I'm a loner, Vital. A rebel. I'm uh, occupied, but uh, I'm listening. Oh, thank you. you know. What do you think so far? How am I doing? Doing well. I would like to think so. Tell that, my mom next time you see her. That New Mexico United Stadium proposal is a big deal, though. You're right. A lot it of is a big think deal. It's, it's way too much tax money to be spent on a team that only plays 16 games a year. Now, if they use the thing where it could be multi-purpose, then people would be on board with it. But from what I've been hearing, a lot of people just haven't been, you know— favoring it at, at this point well i think it's just like this country it's almost split right down the middle right like for and against there's a lot of people that, that wanted to and, and and that does boost economic activity around the stadium i want it because i want a little mini meow wolf inside that thing i want like secret corridors and like you go to the restroom and then like you get sucked into another universe and then you come out and you're at the old Isotope Stadium somehow, like something weird. I want something weird Come out like of the that. refrigerator. Here comes the team running out of the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, giant refrigerator the team comes out of. That's a brilliant idea. Write that down, Peter. Hard Knocks debuted last week with everybody's favorite football team, everybody's favorite owner, Jerry. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, are on hard knocks 
for the first time since 2008. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't know Hard Knocks has been on this long. Shows how long it's been on my radar. I was going to guess like 10 years. It's been on way longer than that. Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, Dak, and Zeke, and the boys in blue were highlighted on HBO's riveting series, Hard Knocks. And I've become a Hard Knocks fan over the last few years. I think it's compelling television. I love seeing behind the scenes of a football team and what it takes to be a football team. And there's always really compelling stories on Hard Knocks. And granted, it's just one episode. But they didn't have it in this premiere. And I thought they would really bring their A-game, Hard Knocks, HBO that is, because it's the Cowboys. It's America's team. I'm sure the ratings were higher than they've ever been. But it was soft. It was super soft. It was 2,000 thread count sheet soft. It was Kevin Durant's public perception soft. It was down pillow soft. That felt like an hour-long commercial to me. Hour-long commercial for the NFL, hour-long commercial for the Dallas Cowboys. There's always a compelling story. There's always something behind the scenes where you're like, oh, okay, they're really they're really cracking an egg here. They're pulling no punches. With all the issues that the Cowboys have, all the issues that Cowboy Nation has with the Cowboys, all the issues Jerry Jones has, they really didn't dive into the problems. They kind of just glossed over them. And I'll get into that a little more after this call. Tommy joins us. Good morning, Tommy. How goes it, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Tom, the truth back at you. I saw the game last night, and I'm just happy with more of the defense than the offense. I mean, we don't have everybody in there anyway. Um, I'm, am I concerned about Dak slightly? Because I've had MRIs before. And one MRI usually tells the entire story. You don't have to do two. When you have to do two, it's something that they might have missed and that they're worried about. But, you know, I'm not going to say anything. If he doesn't start the season, then I'll trip out and I'll say something's wrong. But uh, preseason's just for me to see the rookies and see how these new guys are going to play. And I, I wish they would cut it down to actually two games. I don't think we, we even need three. But it's nice to see the younger kids. And, and Parsons has been flying all over the field. I'm happy to see that. And as far as the soccer stadium is concerned, I saw, you know, there's a conference with – with the guy there and someone asked him about it. he's almost a billionaire and I was like you pay for it I, I don't watch the team unless it's multi-purpose maybe but how does it benefit me unless I own the team or I got stocks in the team or it's not going to directly benefit me and you're going to make plenty of money back when people come see the games it's just like Jerry Jones wanted uh, 50% of his stadium paid by the taxpayer there's a billion dollar stadium he ended up paying $800 million, I believe, and the taxpayer had to pay the rest. That's not bad, but he honestly could have paid for the whole thing himself because he's going to get his money back on the ticket sales and concessions. 
So unless it's directly benefiting me, then why should I have to pay for it? It should be voluntary if I want to put my money into the stadium. Unless it's multi-dimensional and it's just not going to be just about soccer. It has to be about more than that. It has to be used for other venues. Then I can understand that maybe. But other than that, how does it directly benefit me? Tommy, uh, you watching any Hard Knocks yet? Did you see the uh, premiere? You know, I, um, I, I've never been a big fan of that to a certain extent. I think it's a distraction. I think when players have cameras on them, uh, they act totally different than they would if they didn't have the cameras on them. Um, it's okay. It's cool. But, I, I mean, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of it. It's, it, it was interesting to watch. But uh, I, like I said, I think players will have a totally different attitude when the camera's on them than when it's not when it's not on them. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm I'm not a real big fan of it, but it's it's interesting to see how things go on behind the scenes. I guess I would say. So I'll get uh, a softball little Cowboys question in here for you, Tommy. Sure, besides sure. besides Micah Parsons, did uh any keys jump out for you when you're watching the game? I like Joseph, the the corner from Kentucky. I like the way he played. I think our defense is, is going to be fine, and we don't even have all the starters in there. I think when Mike Nolan came in, he tried this hybrid 4-3 defense that they weren't ready for last year, and he didn't have the personnel for it. And instead of just working with what he had, he tried to rush it too much, and that's why he's already gone in one year. Him off the couch because he was your friend. And he was a friend of Mike McCarthy, and that's the guy I haven't coached in a few years. So it's, I think they're going to get back – their defense is going to be better than last year, that's for sure. But I liked what I saw in defense and what, uh, you know, former Atlanta coach is trying to bring in, simplify it a little bit more. And, play, you know, get the personnel around that can that can run your, your defense. So you got to kind of uh, submit to what you have there. And I think Nolan just was trying to do too much and too fast and put too much stuff in that. that and the defense looked so confused last year. I, I virtually saw them running on the field saying, I don't know what to do. And that's trying to change something a little bit too fast and not having the right personnel to do it either. So, Tommy, the truth, calling in once again, Cowboys super fan. Appreciate the call, Tommy. Yeah, guys, bye. I love passionate fan who says us and we. I do that with the Astros. Like, that's my jam. Like, I grew up in Houston. I have a picture of me as a baby in an Astros onesie, so I get the we stuff. So when he he came on the air talking like we stuff, I'm like, oh, where's he going? Up oh, Cowboys. He's a we Cowboys guy. I get it. I get the passion. The Cowboys and Raiders probably have the most passionate fan bases. And, of course, around here, Cowboys and Raiders are probably one, two. Broncos, maybe. Me and Vital's Packers pull a little weight in Albuquerque. Steelers but... are real big too, and the Chiefs have been. Or the Forty ers are real big around town too. Yeah, surprisingly, the Forty ers are pretty big. Yeah. I think that's probably the Montana to Young heyday yeah. still has its effects and on football fandom. It's the last... But this is a Cowboys town. Like it's a Cowboys yeah, town. It is. Always will be. I get it. I, I did watch a little bit of the preseason game. Went back and forth for a couple minutes. Watched a couple highlights, and it seems like. Micah Parsons, that kid's the truth. He is very good. He is very passionate. The a Cowboys were his favorite team growing up. You know, he he cried when he got drafted. In a very cool moment from Hard Knocks, uh, sorry for the spoilers, 
but I, I didn't think it was very compelling. But he really didn't want to get off the field in a preseason game. And I thought that shows like a really good attitude for the kid. And it shows like, this is what you got going. Like maybe, maybe Jarrah, maybe Jarrah and his boy Steve is Steve, right? His kid? Steven. Steven. Yeah. His yeah. kid, Steven. They finally got one right in the draft. CD Lamb. He seems like the truth. Micah Parsons seems like the truth. So you got some hope out there, Cowboy Nation. And we'll talk about that more when we get back. You're listening to ABQ Central Live on 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal. More Cowboys talk. What's going on with Dak? Two MRIs. That's very concerning. One is very concerning. Two, uh-oh. We were talking about hard knocks earlier, and uh, I was sitting around watching with my lady friend. I'm trying to get her into it, even though it was probably the lamest premiere I've seen. Hard knocks is basically just an hour-long commercial for the Cowboys and the NFL. But I saw Dak at practice making some throws, and he was dropping his elbow, kind of throwing with his tricep, not really getting behind it. His mechanics were definitely off, and I was like, uh-oh, is this where it started? You know, I'm in the sports world. Got a sports talk radio show you're listening to right now, so duh. I know what's been going on with Dak and the Cowboys, and it's very concerning. But when I saw it in real time on Hard Knocks, I was like, oh, he's hurt. He can't get behind his throws. Something is wrong. And then, of course, the next scene, they yank him from practice. And I won't spoil too much because there's not a lot of spoilers because it's basically an hour-long commercial. A fluff piece, if you will, for the NFL. Two MRIs is scary. Something structurally going on. With Dak Prescott, Cowboy Nation, are you okay? Cowboy Nation, when's the last time you had a good night's sleep? If the Cowboys don't have Dak Prescott, they can't lure Phillip Rivers out of retirement. What do they got? Who's going to right the ship? You got two very good receivers. You got a very good running back. You got a healthy offensive line. You got an above average defense that's not too porous, not an elite defense, but it's good. You're in position to be over 500. You're in position to get into the playoffs. I don't see the Cowboys as one of the NFL's elite teams. Like, I wouldn't pick them, they wouldn't be in my top five. But they could do some damage. I mean, they got a good roster, they could win that division. Sure, they could win the division. They could win a wild card. But I don't see them making a lot of noise. I don't see them stepping up and taking the next step and being an elite team. Anything could happen in the playoffs. I think the key for them will be the, how that defense responds this year with a new defensive coordinator from the uh, former coach for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll see how that works. But uh, 
Yeah, I I think they're going they're going to use the run game a lot this year and uh, Zeke Elliott looks pretty good. He lost what 15 20 pounds he said. Yeah. He he looks pretty good. So they they got that offensive line still remnants of it when they're a little older but uh, they're still good. So Yeah, if the offensive line is healthy, like it was one of the best in the NFL a couple years ago. Well, you know, yeah. injuries derail a good season. Retirement of Frederick, their their main all-pro guard. Yeah, I mean they'll center. They'll be okay. And again, like all things being equal, if they got a healthy Dak Prescott, then it is on the defense to prove that they can keep everyone in games and then the offense can do what that offense does. With a healthy Dak Prescott, I think they're gonna be just fine. But things are not all right in Jera world. Dak Prescott is not all right. And if Dak Prescott is not all right, they're a sub-500 team. Unless they pull a miracle and steal a quarterback from somebody. Who who would you go after, Vital? Let's say Dak Prescott has something horrible going on inside his shoulder. And they need to replace him. You can't do it with one of those backups, right? Uh, that would well Ben Denucci, I think, is their their backup, and then with Gilbert, the other one. I don't know. You'd have to get a free agent for as a backup with experience. So who that is right now? Because most teams have already got their plans in place. They already got their quarterbacks in place. I'm not so sure. Blake Bortles, he was with the Packers, and he got got cut. So I don't know where he's at if he's got a job. That's not saying a lot right there. Yeah, I mean, whoever doesn't win uh, the Steelers' backup job will probably be a good backup, whether it's Haskins or Rudolph. Phillip Rivers is out there. He's got like 14 kids. He needs to get away from his family every once in a while, maybe once or twice a week. He may have a son that's old enough to play now. (laughs) He might have one in the league. I don't know. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure. That is so many children. What has he got, eight or ten? He's going to have, like, eventually he's going to have, like, Genghis Khan genes. Like, Philip Rivers, his the Rivers family, like, decades from now, well, well, way more than decades, hundreds of years from now, Philip Rivers' genetic line is going to be spread all over the world like Genghis Khan. So many children. Five zero five two four six zero six ten. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline. Five zero five two four six zero six ten. Hit us up on the Graphic Connection text line. I know Albuquerque loves cowboy talk, and we're going to keep it up. Vital Hard Knocks was super soft. It was the most average episode I've ever seen of that series. And I thought they'd come in hot now that they got the Dallas Cowboys on again. It's been 13 years since the Cowboys were on. And they barely mentioned it. They just barely glossed over the fact the Cowboys haven't been to a Super Bowl in 26 years. Didn't say anything about President and GM, Jarrah. Maybe they will. It might be addressed throughout the season. Who am I to say? But that's something you got to like. 
softball in there in the first episode, right? Like you got to show the disdain of Cowboy Nation. Let the world know what people think in Cowboy Country. And it's his fault. It's his fault that the Cowboys are in this state. I mean, they have one of the biggest uh, salaries every year. They spend so much money, and they just keep missing on picks. They keep missing on free agents. Bad decision after bad decision. And I don't mind reminding you, Cowboy Nation, that the last time they did, in fact, win a Super Bowl, Jerry Jones was just an owner, just a rich dude sitting in the box before he thought he knew more about football than actual trained professionals. Step away. Oh, wait, he did kind of step away, and he put his son in charge. Okay, so another generation of wasted cowboy money. And I like the Cowboys. They're not like my favorite team or anything. But football is more compelling. Football is more fun when the Cowboys are doing good. Because some people say they just want to see the Cowboys suck and fall on their face. But I would like to see them get to the highest point and then fall on their face. That's more fun. This Dak Prescott stuff has got to be super concerning for Cowboy fan. And I am sorry for you, kiddo. It does not look good. Already dealing with a restructured ankle. Two surgeries. Oh, and by the way, they lied about one of the surgeries. They hid it from you, Cowboy Nation. Are you upset? Are you upset? Tell me all about it. You can cry on my shoulder, Cowboy Nation. I'm here for you. I missed you in the ear, Vital, what'd you say? Okay, gotcha. Excellent. Thank you so much, sir. I'm going to turn up my headphones here. Let's just call it right now. You sat in with me for an hour, Albuquerque. Fred is on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and he's trying to fix out some internet issues. He's trying to join us. Speaking of join us, we got Brandon Ortega in 30 minutes. Going to talk local sports, what's happening in Albuquerque. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. When we're on the road, such as Fred is right now, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, 505-246-0610. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline. And when we're downtown, we're partying at Bourbon and Boots. We'll be right back with more sports talk. Welcome back, Duke City. One hour in the books. One down, two to go. Thanks for hanging out with me. All alone, the first hour. Co-host... Fred Slow is on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and he's having some technical difficulties. 
But guess what? You, what, what? you call technical? What you call technical difficulties? I call only having to work two hours. That's what I call it. Schmatt, wicked schmatt, <laughs> wicked schmatt. No, I, yeah, the uh, I'm st- I'm currently I'm in Denver uh, going to a wedding this weekend with the girlfriend, and the the Wi-Fi in the hotel, which was working perfectly last night as I watched Hard Knocks. Um, the Wi-Fi just dies. It just dies. So I was doing the mad scramble, AT&T at a hotspot. It's, you know, 8 in the morning, mountain time. No one, I have to sit on hold for 20 minutes. Michael did so good helping me through everything. So uh, welcome, boys. Good morning. Hey, morning, buddy. Glad you're here. How do I sound? Do I sound like I'm right next to you? You're, you're kind of far away. Okay. It's, I mean, I mean, technically, physically. But in the in the, I'm also in just like the, the cab of your truck. Yeah, you're you're, you're in my ear right now, and you're yeah. always in my heart. So I guess you there are just go. like right here, right next to me. Speaking of your heart, and speaking of uh, feelings, I had all the feelings this past week, Van, when I watched the Field of Dream game. Chills. Chills. Absolute chills. It sucked because we missed it live, because yeah, we, were we were hosting a trivia event at friend of the show. Hollow Spirits. Shout out to Frank Holloway and Chef Rogers. Kicker and Sam had a really yeah, good time there while the uh, Field of Dream game was going on live. That's the thing. Always think you're wait staff. That's how I feel. But it was, uh, no, yeah, we were, we, Vital, we were doing a trivia night and we had a lot of fun doing that. We did a little Jersey Shore trivia, so kind of a throwback thing because you know we're more than sports. But during that time, uh, people were coming in and out of the trivia and they were like, guys, the, like the Field of Dreams game is the greatest hotness that's ever hot, and we're like, don't tell us a word. We're watching it later. Like it was, it was a we could not wait to get in front of the TV for that one. Um, Van, did you catch the thing in its entirety? Did you catch its highlights? Like, how'd you take it? So I watched the uh, the MLB Collapse version. Same. That's exactly what I did. They got a little thirty minute package. Yeah. And then I watched all the gifs over and over and over again. Yeah. It was the- so much fun. Yeah, the, the corn, is- the jerseys, right? The TV presentation was phenomenal. The well, and it was targeted obviously exactly for me and you, and that's why I think it hit so perfectly with us. Now, if you listen to sports talk radio regularly, like maybe you heard some pundits saying like, "Hey, this was not a big deal, and no one cares, and baseball's dead, and and this is a dumb stunt." But I tell you what. This stunt was like the exact stunt that I want to watch because like you and I both grow up, grew up on Field of Dreams and and I've actually I've played baseball at the Field of Dreams. Have I told you this? Yes, you have. You should tell yeah, the listener. So, so by Tal, I have played baseball like in Iowa at the Field of Dreams. Like I've gone out there um and like just played like a pickup game of baseball. And is it uh, Dyersville? Is that right? Dyersville, yeah, Iowa? Yeah, Dyersville, yeah. So, and, and it was incredible. Like, I've, I've laced a single to left center on the Field of Dreams, and I just have, like, this, like, gigantic connection to it because, um, I number one, the movie. Number two, I also grew up in the Midwest. Number three, I love baseball. Number four, I've been there. And then in this location, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how it's set up, but they built this major league stadium, uh, closer to minor league stadium quality like field, which they play a lot of baseball. A lot of youth baseball is played out there, like right next to it. So this is played like, like a country mile away, which I which is an actual measurement. I don't know what it is, but 
Um, but yeah, this was the biggest deal to me, Van, the way it was marketed and put out and created specifically as my favorite type of baseball candy. And the ratings killed. Mm-hmm. So what do we got? 5.9 million people were tuned in. And the what gets the most viewers regular season is uh, Sunday night baseball. And they usually get about one and a half. So that's about four times as large of a viewership for this one Field of Dreams game. And like you said, a lot of talking heads, a lot of pundits, you know, we're crapping all over it. But I thought it was great. I thought it was beautiful. And if you, obviously baseball fan loved it. You don't have to market to that guy who already loves the sport itself, who already watches yeah. the game. But I think a lot of new fans were tuned in. And I think a lot of people who are lukewarm to baseball were tuned in. And people just for the nostalgia of Field of Dreams, period, were tuned in. Because that's a pretty good movie, even if you're not a baseball fan. Well, would you identify it as a baseball movie? So I think it's a baseball movie, but it has like, like rich a story outside of baseball. I think, I think it's a, it's like a, it's a, technically it's like it's like a family movie, right? It's like a, like hey, we overcame dire straits, like rags to well, not necessarily riches, because I guess they never. Really I think it's a, I miss my dad movie, right? Oh my gosh, that's the that's the truth that the truth has <laughs> ever been told. And the thing that Major League Baseball did with the film is they had that, and I think everyone at this point has seen it. This real fun reimagining iconic of Kevin Costner now um, standing in front of the cornfield as the Yankees and the White Sox walk out. Did you guys see this everywhere? You, you had a good game, too, on top of it. Two teams well, yeah, are we'll playoff get, bound. We'll get to that for sure. But whenever whenever Major League Baseball like started to produce this thing, uh, you have Kevin Costner out there, and then here come with the camera panning through like the cornfields and the players – I thought there was a real missed opportunity here, Van, because Kevin Costner hits with me and Kevin Costner hits with you. But, like, where is that, like, pendulum swing to the young blood of today? Where is, like, the person, and I don't know who it is off the top of my head, maybe you do, but where is the person that's going to, like, start transitioning baseball into, like, an old-timers game into, a like, a right-nowers game? Well, you got to make Field of Dreams, too, right, for the next generation? Field of Dreams, like, too ghosty, too corniest or something like that? Yeah. I mean, But, like, what is that? Like, who is that going to be? Like, what is what is that story, you know? Is it like – because he had a daughter in the movie, right? So is it – do you – are you like, hey, they're back in Dyersville and they're back at the Field of Dreams and they're re-trying to create something? You put whatever Disney star in there to play the role, obviously. But it's like – it's like I thought that was a big missed opportunity for Major League Baseball as far as like if you'd have put someone with Kevin Costner in that thing, and I don't know who, I'm just going to, I don't know, Drake, I don't know who. <laughs> but if you're going to put someone Zach like. Zach Efron. Yeah, Zach Efron would have been perfect, right? The kids love him. So I, I, I get playing to your audience, but I think you have to make the, at least the approach or the attempt to be like, oh, cool, let's go get, let's go get new blood. Let's go get new branding. I, I do like Kevin Costner in the booth, though, on the broadcast. Dropping an S-bomb? <laughs> That's pretty sweet. It's allowed now, I think. I think it's super allowed. Um, hey, here's a weird one, though. Do you want to see it again, or is one and done what it's supposed to be? 
I could do one a year. One a year? Yeah, I don't want it to be like once a month. Our multiple series are played there. Give me one a year. Because this is the time, like this is the time of the year in baseball where people lose interest. Like right where spring training goes into opening day, a lot of buzz for baseball. Dog days of summer now. Yep, dog days of summer. Uh, All-star game, home run derby, always a lot of buzz. And, of course, yeah. everyone knows the best playoff in any sport is Major League Baseball. But anyway, like right around this time, baseball needs a little injection of something different, a good story. And I think this is it. So I'd like to see one game or one series a year at the Field of Dreams. The is so let's think of like uh, the NHL does the winter classic, right? Right. The NHL for many years on New Year's Day would do the winter classic and that was very exciting. Now they have some other dumb stuff they do too. They do like the outdoor series where they play in like Lake Tahoe or on a barge or something. Like they do weird stuff, right? So if Major League Baseball doesn't quote unquote oversaturate it, I think it works well. And if you can do it in a way similar like the NFL does with like flex scheduling to where it's like, hey, the first week of, or what are we in now? The second week of August, we're going to do the Field of Dreams game. And then Major League Baseball is able to pick whatever, like Vital said, because it was a very good game, whatever teams are in contention. Like, whatever, like this is the big matchup this week. This would be, you know, Wednesday night baseball. Uh, or Thursday you get to, night you baseball. get to flex the matchup. That's what I'm saying. But you got to flex it early enough. So you got to be like, hey, you know, we're, we're forecasting two weeks or a month out. Like, this is the matchup. We're picking that one. Yeah, but I think you also have to do classic teams because you can't really have, like, Marlins versus Rays at the Field of Dreams. They don't have friggin' throwback jerseys. Right, that's a really good point. So, because you had to have the White Sox no matter what. And if you remember, when it was originally scheduled, it was the White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. That was right. the original matchup. The one last and year. And the one last year, which was canceled. Which we were planning on going to. We had full intention on going to as we were going to press pass in with a former employer of mine in St. Louis, Missouri. With that said, the Yankees are perfect for this. Correct. Like this, yeah, this is what gets everyone around the world to look at it. Um, the White Sox almost have to be there every year with the way you're describing it. You would think, right? Yeah, that's the last For movie purposes, for nostalgia purposes. Yankees Red Sox would be cool there. Um, any of the two classic teams, the original teams. The way it was presented, as far like it literally, like it's got the Major League Baseball logo, which is fine, but it says just Field of Dreams right there. Like I'm into how it's not the, you know, the, the give me give me a brand or whatever, you know, the Amazon Field at Dyer's in you know Dyersville, Iowa, like over like NASCAR looking branded, right. Yeah, that to me kept it real simple. Um, it was like a like a little time capsule, unless you can come up with like a better descriptor of how that game made you feel. I I know someone who's not a fan of the Field of Dreams game. I hate that fan. It's former ERA leader Lance Lynn. He, after that game, he went from leading the AL and ERA to being fifth in the AL and ERA because balls were flying out of that park. It was a good game, super good finish and in extra innings. Could not have had more fun watching it. Uh, Van, one time a year, like 
first week of August, you're in on that? 100%. Yeah, me too. Uh, when's Brandon Ortega coming in today? That would be 9.30. We're 15 short minutes away from Brandon Ortega. Let's grab a break, and when we get back, I know you already talked about hard knocks, but I want to talk a little bit of NFL. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from one Talk ABQ studio, also from like a hotel room in Denver, Colorado. Because I'm on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. All right, Van. What should what should minor league baseball tickets cost? Like, What is the price that like a person should be comfortable paying for a minor league baseball ticket? I don't know. It's like five bucks on the lawn, isn't it? I would think five bucks on the lawn, right? And then I think, going up from there, like yeah, 50, t- 50 bucks for a good, really nice ticket. Oh, somewhere yeah. in between five and fifty. Hey, like like lower bowl right behind home plate. Yeah. I will say that is a forty dollar ticket. Fair. I will say, yeah, club maybe a private little deal. Cool, fifty bucks. You're gonna have a real good night. Five bucks though. I think five bucks is fair to go watch the minor league of your your favorite. Major League Baseball team playing. I think five bucks is fair. Do you know what it costs to get into an NFL preseason game? I wouldn't know because I'm not going to waste my time and watch a preseason game. It is full price tickets as if you're going to a regular season NFL game to see the minor league and for real the you will eventually get cut of your favorite football team. Preseason legit does not matter whatsoever, except for the fact that you just that you just brought up is that they make money off of it. It's the whole thing. Every like, every team in the NFL knows their roster, except yes. for five spots. You got like forty yes. random dudes fighting for five spots on the roster, and guess what? These are just going to be end up being special teams guys. Yeah. Third, fourth, fifth string guys. I know you talked about hard knocks this morning, but it's like there's 100 guys out here fighting for a job. No, there's not. There's 50 guys for your 50 guys to play against because you have to practice for a month before we start. That's what that is. I can tell you exactly who's going to be on an NFL roster. It's your first five draft picks and then the 45 highest paid people (laughs) <laughs> and then three dudes who are going to sneak in. Why do you need to play four preseason games? Your starters aren't going to play? Like, that's the trend, right? Multiple coaches have said, our starters are not touching the field all preseason. So it's just these humps. It's these guys that, like, if it wasn't 2021, I mean, they'd probably be working at Kinko's or whatever. But they can get some game checks during preseason. So, of course, they're going to bring their A game. And not to knock anybody who's fighting for an NFL roster spot, who's oh, working their butts athlete. off to be a yep. professional I, athlete. Kudos, high fives, you're the man. But for fan? Like, why does, why does fan care? They don't. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm going to blow your mind here. Victor Cruz was 2010. That's how long ago it's been since preseason has elevated anyone to an NFL roster. I can't think of one. Victor Cruz, that's the guy. 
Before that, Kurt Warner, because Trent Green got hurt, and that was 1999. Well, he was on the roster. He maybe he was already signed to a contract. He wasn't. They knew about him before. Like he was on the team. That's not like one guy fought his way onto the roster the last day of training camp. That's a good point. And the thing that's like, so, like, Plex, I know you talked about Hard Knocks earlier. The very first season of Hard Knocks, which was the Dallas Cowboys, Danny Amendola gets cut on the last episode. Danny Amendola is not the worst player that was on that football team. He ended up playing then in Miami and St. Louis and obviously famously in New England. But they don't care about your skill level. They care about how much money you make and where you got drafted at. But you'll heal every coach. Mike McCarthy will say, well, we're going to take the 53 best players. We're going to go out there and do that thing. No, you're not. You're not going to do that. And fans get pumped for it. You ever talk to an NFL fan who's like, like, I love preseason football. I love seeing the guys. You, you, They don't matter, though. Last they, year, the how many preseason were there in last year? 20 or two games? Yeah. They, they narrowed it to two. Zero people complained. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of waves being made about I'm missing no. out on two preseason games. They already added another regular season game. All you're doing is you're just practicing in front of a crowd, and then for whatever reason, you duped enough people to pay insane amounts of money to go watch a bunch of guys who aren't going to play for your actual team. Man, I freaking love the Dallas Cowboys so much, though. I got to get out there and see that undrafted free agent. From from West Canaan. You know, I, I played baseball in men's leagues. Sure. For, I don't know, forever, or 20 years or whatever, until COVID <laughs> hit. And the people in the crowd, it's friends and family and loved ones. Sometimes there's four people. Sometimes there's 20 people. Sometimes if two big teams pull and there's like a holiday coming up and family in town, you might have 50 people watching. That's who's showing up to these games, right? Like super hardcore fan and then friends and family. Like real football fans aren't going to be like, man, I can't wait to drop two grand so me and my family spend another 400 on food and beer and parking can go watch a bunch of dudes who won't be on the team. Van, I can't wait to go down to the stadium day with you in a game that means nothing and just watch a bunch of guys just take a bunch of senseless injuries. You ready? Because that's what this is. Man, they about to go out there. We're going to see concussions. We're going to see hamstrings come off the bone. That's the preseason. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's been dead for years. You You know, my work's got... You know, tickets, you know, we got season tickets in my work, and they told I could totally get the preseason tickets. Why? Why? So you can just build up a false hope for your fan base as your vanilla offense goes against the opposing visiting team's vanilla defense for an interstate championship that no one cares about. I'm looking at you, former San Diego, former St. Louis Rams and Chargers. I mean, the way no it cares. used to be, right, like just the guys trying to make the roster would play in the first preseason game. Yeah. Your studs are still getting stretched out. 
learning the new playbook, running stuff with each other. Second preseason game, you trounce your studs onto the field, let them wave at the crowd, run one series, and then it's uh, the scrubs again. And then third and fourth preseason game, like your starters are getting real game time reps in. Like that's what the preseason used to be. And if it's that, then I'm at least lukewarm to it. But the way it is now, like I don't care. I don't care whatsoever. I want to see Matt Stafford, what he looks like in a Rams jersey. Is his arm right? Are his legs right? Does he look comfortable in that offense? Like That's the kind of stuff I want to see. I want to see, does the rookie overtake the veteran? Does he get enough reps and prove himself that he gets to overtake this guy who's been underperforming? Those storylines don't exist anymore because no one who's important ever plays anymore. From the texter, the 49ers preseason game tonight will have more viewers than all spring training for the last five years. Of course it will. NFL fan is addicted to the NFL, and no one should be watching minor league baseball spring training. They just shouldn't. Friend of the show, friend in real life, Chad, says it's fun to evaluate talent. Okay, I'll give you that. To each their own. I don't think it matters. You can evaluate talent at practice. You don't have to have the lights on and charge homers $500 a ticket to watch people practice. No, you don't. I ain't talking about the game. I'm talking about practice, man. practice? Practice is needed by, like, Fox Sports, like, to make sure cameras work right and the broadcast runs smooth. And, and practice is needed by your officials to go out there and make sure they have positioning correct and know what holds look like. And figure, That's what you need preseason for, and you can do that at practice. You do that at practice. Yeah. You put Booker McFarlane up there and have him tell jokes with Tony Saragusa on the sideline. at a Like, that is where you do that stuff. You don't gorge families. Fred, you know, Russian dairy farmers are putting 3D goggles on their cows to simulate being in a farm because happy cows produce more milk. You just do that to the referees. Just throw some, some 3D goggles on them. Let them virtually watch holding calls. You don't got to put go... some f- family of four in the poorhouse so you can practice. <laughs> By the way, you get a bunch of... the Russian yeah. cow stuff is terrifying. I don't. Yeah, we're li- this that's is how the stuff. that's how the Matrix starts. Yeah. First, you put these devices on cows to trick them into thinking they're in a pasture, pasture, so they produce more milk. Next thing you know, they're putting them on family of four to make them think they're at a Cowboys preseason game. That's how this all starts. Brandon Ortega, when we get back from the break, Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio and on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with the I-9 Sports. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion on Coffee. When we're having a drink, we're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Good morning, Star TV and Radio, three-time New Mexico broadcaster of the year, father of the century, 
star of TV and radio, KOB's very own Brandon Ortega. Welcome to the program. Good morning, my buddies. Saturday mornings, we're making pancakes with Julian and hanging out with you guys. Congratulations, buddy. You got Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, (laughs) Bill Russell, and now... Back-to-back-to-back New Mexico Sportscaster of the Year, KOB-TV's very own Brandon Ortega. Congratulations, my dude. Thank you. I think Kobe has one MVP. Are we talking championships or MVPs? Championships, because you're the champion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kobe's got five. He's got got me on that one. This is not Martina (laughs) Navatilova we're talking about here. I was just talking talking three-peats. Oh, okay. Feels good. It's an award I share with uh, with our entire sports department. Lee Faria, who's been here a really long time. Will Jackson, who shoots sports for us almost every day. Our sports photographers don't get nearly enough credit. We we have we have great help and uh, and and game day also won New Mexico game day, which has been on since 1996 and will be returning in two weeks. It, it hasn't happened since March of 2020. And that that won an award as well, and I'm very excited that 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 uh, that did get some recognition. And uh, man, I'm just excited to be talking local sports with a full plate of sports coming up. And we've been at practices the last few weeks for for high school football, Lobo football, and mixed it in all the other fall sports coming up. Speaking Lobo of winning Fox streak, team. which you are on, UNM football ended the season with a winning streak. Do they expect? those kind of results heading into the season? Well, the beginning of the schedule is a, is a nice start for them. Houston Baptist comes to University Stadium on September 2nd. That should be a win. New Mexico State hasn't played – I mean, they did play some spring games. They got a couple of spring games in. But I'm really interested to see where, where that program's at come September 11th uh, at University Stadium. The first two games – are, are extremely winnable for them. So they could be riding a four-game win streak after the first two weeks. Then they'll go to Texas A&M, which will not be easy to win. Obviously. Oh, they're Six soft. They're the very nation. beatable. They're, I think they are overrated. I don't think they're the sixth-best team in the country. But they're, they're, a, they're a strong program, and that will be tough for the Lobos to win. Look, I, yeah, I feel like the first few weeks they can get some wins, and I think they can keep the momentum going. I think it's realistic they could – be getting close to the amount of wins to be bowl eligible. I really do. I think Danny Gonzalez did a fantastic job with his team remotely in Las Vegas with very little facilities during that pandemic season to actually win a couple of games and be competitive in a few of those five games they, they lost to begin the 2020 season. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like they're going to take a step forward, no doubt about it. The Lobos are, what do we say, it's three weeks away from Houston Baptist. This team hasn't played in front of Lobo fan in what seems like an eternity. As you've like been around the team and been around practice, is there a talk about that? Is there an excitement with the players? Is there excitement with the coaching staff on, on being in front of the Cherry and Silver? I certainly have talked to players about that. Just a couple of days ago, I spoke with Manzano High School grad Andrew Erickson, and he had a breakout year last year. He was a walk-on just a few years ago and was the leading receiver for the Lobos last year. And you can only imagine what the crowd would have 
reacted to that like in the 2020 season. He can't wait to play in front of his family who never misses a game. And even other players that aren't from Albuquerque, aren't from New Mexico, like Antonio Hunt, who I spoke with the other day as well, he can't wait to get at home. I mean, look, the Las Vegas experience, while it taught them a lot of valuable lessons, it wasn't all it wasn't all a great experience. You know, being away from your normal school surroundings, being away from family, being away from your spouses, your girlfriends, that wasn't easy for them to do. And, and they're all getting so comfortable being back at home and being able to practice with no restrictions, with no groupings and no bubble, no quarantine. So, yeah, look, not only are they excited to play home games, they're just excited to sleep in their own beds in Albuquerque and just get back to quote-unquote normal. So, yeah, everyone's definitely excited to see what the crowd's going to be like on September 2nd, which is a Thursday night game. I feel like the crowd could have been bigger to open things up with a Saturday, but a Thursday was how it panned out. So I think it's going to be a good crowd come September 2nd. I really do. So they survived. They powered through COVID. And now we got uh, the Delta variant taking over certain parts of the country. Are there big concerns that it's going to make its way here? And if so, is there a game plan yet? Is there a contingency plan for the Delta variant? That's the elephant in the room, no doubt about it. How much closer do the numbers have to get to in order for sports to be affected again? Because it's easy to forget maybe for some people that New Mexico was arguably the most strict when it came to sports and when it came to gatherings when the pandemic was really hitting us. And we were, we were were one of the the first or the first state to eliminate home games, excuse me, high school sports was, was postponed immediately and then ultimately canceled. Yeah. It's a scary notion to think, okay, are we getting close to those numbers? I haven't spoken to UNM about contingency plans quite yet, but you feel like it's, it's in the distance, like that possibility is in the distance. I don't feel like we're there yet. I don't feel like we're, we're super close to it, but anything is possible. So we'll have to see what happens. When UNM says they're strong, like strongly encouraging vaccines, but obviously they're not going to mandate anything, do you know what the practices are for the players who do have vaccination versus the players that don't? Well, I think COVID testing. Is, is happening. If, if players haven't been vaccinated at this point, there's a certain amount of COVID testing that has to be happening. That's what the norm is. Is for for businesses and for um, for schools. And it, we've even heard in the news recently, city and state officials. If you're not getting vaccinated yet, you have to subject to COVID testing. That's just the way to be smart about it and to be safe about it. And, 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 yeah, I believe UNM's under that umbrella as well. You're going to have to get some COVID testing. But I know their vaccination numbers are, are relatively high, but they're not at 100%. So, yeah, you can best believe Eddie, Eddie Nunez, Danny Gonzalez, they're being smart about it. If they have anyone in their staff or on the roster of any sport, let alone just football, they're going to have to get some COVID testing. Let's pivot over to the Mexico United and the potential stadium. Seems like the city's divided in half. We uh, talked about it a little bit earlier on the show, had some phone calls and some texts. Still asking about this subject. What's What vibe do you get 
from the community. What's their vibe on the stadium? It's just like you say, man, 50-50, I feel like, is where we're at. I feel like it's where we were at when the whispers were happening that a stadium could happen and that it could go to a bond. Now it's here. It's been here for, it feels like, a couple weeks now. People are definitely right down the middle about it. The people that want it really, really want it. And the people that don't want it, it varies from they're interested, but they have a lot of concerns, to some people just flat out don't want it, don't think it's important. And I think New Mexico United's done a very good job thus far since it, it going to bonds. Weekly, almost daily it feels like, they're doing online, they're doing virtual community uh, town halls, if you will, putting Peter Trevisani, their owner, CEO, out there and answering as many questions as he possibly can. That's how you turn votes. That's how you turn, you know, people's notions about what this stadium's really for to what they really envision it being, which is not just a, a, a soccer stadium and, and used for athletics, but they want to do music. They want to have an, an art aspect to it. They want to have local businesses around the facility. They want it to be a place that people can go to, not just on Saturdays or any day United is playing. They want people to go there every day and for it to be a, a galvanizing place. So the United's got an uphill battle, but I feel like they're off to a good start and, and trying to answer as many questions as they can. Big game tonight for the New Mexico United. It's, it's Meow Wolf night tonight, is that correct? Meow Wolf Night. I don't even know what that means as far as what's going to be going on, but you know it's going to be weird. It's going to get weird, and in a good way. If you've been to Meow Wolf, it's one of the weirdest, most spectacular places you've ever seen. It's it's a fun place to go hang out and let the kids run around in the in the crazy lights, as I've done with Julian before. And we're going tonight. Are you guys going tonight? I'll be there. I will yeah. be in Denver, Colorado tonight, but I will be there in spirit. On Thursday, yeah. Van and I were hosting a trivia night, so we weren't able to go to the new kit release. But I went by early in the day because, you know, I, I feel like I can throw my weight around sometimes. There were fans lined up for the jersey van at like 4 p.m. for like a 6 p.m. release of this new kit. The new kits right. are so wheat, too. Uh, designed by artist. Uh, future fantasy delight, Nico Salazar. Nico Salazar. Very, yeah. very strong work. I like the New Jerseys a lot. Yeah, and I would argue that, that this kit, this kit, is the weirdest of of them all that we've had so far for New Mexico United. Most of them have been a solid color with a logo for the for the sponsor. This one's kind of all over the place. It's got. It's got things you don't really understand on it until you get really close to the kit. And that's, that's intriguing. And I, I can't wait to see what they have up their sleeve for tonight. You know they're going to do some Meow Wolf stuff well before the match and the tailgate, and they're going to have some fun things to do. Yeah, but I feel like during the match, too, there's going to be some sort of experience to be had. And uh, I haven't really gone to a match at all since United's been, you know, been created, I haven't gone to a match as a fan. Tonight I'm off work. I'm taking Julian and Becca with me, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go hang out and just watch it. And uh, I think Meow Wolf's a good a good place to start when it comes to. If you haven't been to a match, you should just go check it out tonight. There's 
still some tickets available, but it, I'm, I'm sure they're getting close to a, to a sellout. But, uh, Brandon, yeah, Meowth is intriguing. Do you, do you need to go, Brandon, or can you talk high school football for a minute when we get back? Let's, let's do it. All right, let's do it. We're going to grab a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about high school football, and I have some concerns. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio. Also, Denver, Colorado, because I'm on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Also, Brandon's home because he's on the Graphic Connections hotline. Also, we're playing a game with I-9 Sports. Also, we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Also, when we're having a drink, we're doing it downtown in Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports All right, Brandon, we're going to talk high school football. A lot of people have the belief that it's Cleveland, it's Rio Rancho. It's a lot of confusion after that, probably Clovis, Roswell. Roswell and Moriarty just announced yesterday they'll be canceling their home openers due to COVID-19 issues. Brandon, what do these high school teams do with COVID-19? Do they reschedule? Are these forfeits? How does that affect scheduling? What do you know? As far as I know, they're canceled. So I think, and, and I think this is the way to go that college football is going to be doing and, and high school. If you are not getting vaccinated and if you're risking exposing COVID-19 or the Delta variant or anything of that nature to your school, if you test positive, you're going to, your game's going to be canceled. And, and that really is a tough deal for the other school involved because if the other school doesn't have a, a positive test, which Rio Rancho does not, as, as far as I know, because it was Goddard, right, that had, that had a... Uh, that is correct. That had a positive... Yeah, had a positive test. That's a tough deal for the other school. Well, well why do we... Why don't we get to reschedule a game? Um, yeah, that's an interesting... It's an interesting conversation that the NMAA is probably having as, uh, as the Delta variant hits the nation and and uh, the COVID numbers have been spiking in New Mexico. Yeah, that's should a Rio, really – let's go ahead. Should Rio Rancho just go to West Las Vegas and just play a game? Just say, forget Roswell and Moriarty, because Moriarty can't go to West Las Vegas. And that's it. There, They get to play. These kids get to live high school football. Yeah, and I think anything you can do for the team that doesn't have COVID cases, if you can find a game for them, you got, you got to do it. Um, too many – of these schools around 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 our state did not get to play enough games, if at all, in the spring. And then obviously they didn't have a fall season. They didn't have a, a regular football season. Like like a, I mean, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but some states did pull it off, and yeah. with uh, tons of COVID complications in, in, throughout the country, um, it, it's it's a really difficult situation. I, I'm sure the NMA has a game plan. And they're going to keep evolving the game plan because there's going to be there's going to be situations where one school has has the case and the other doesn't. So you have to figure out a way for the other school to at least make up a game down the line or, or make up a game if there's enough time to to find them a new opponent. And you do that now because we still have five more days until high school football kicks off on the 19th. And there's only four games that night, and then Friday you have a, a pretty full slate. Albuquerque alone, you're going to have two games on the 19th. And then you're going to have three at, at our local Metro uh, Albuquerque stadiums. And then Saturday, there's going to be a good amount of games, too. So, yeah, folks are excited. Spectators are allowed right now. There, there's, you know, there, there's, there's tons of things to, to get pumped up about, but we all have to be careful. And if you're not vaccinated yet, get your vaccination. 
do everything you can to avoid a situation like this that's happening happening in the southeast. I say we treat the COVID cases like a point spread. If one team has three kids who has COVID, you start off down three nothing. Oh, so there's a reward and punishment system for not getting COVID for your kids. Well, and, and, and beyond, well, and honestly, guys, beyond that, if if this implicates playoffs for for these teams, the team that has the COVID cases, if, if their game's getting canceled and you can't find a game for the other team, you make it a forfeit and you and you give them at least a win on their record. Look, they would rather make them find another opponent down the line or, or that current week, and they'd rather play, but at least give the other team a win on their record so it can help them towards making the playoffs because New Mexico didn't even get the playoffs last year. They had the, the little bowl system, which was a nice consolation, I, I suppose. But people want to compete for state championships this year in football. Football didn't have that. So I think that's the very least you could do, but I'm sure the NMA is doing everything they can to be, be more creative and find more as many games as you can for as many schools. Let's say my home team or my alma mater plays on Friday night. Hypothetically, I want to go see I want to go see high school football the next night. What team in Albuquerque is is really jumping out at you? What is the high school team that maybe non traditional fans should make the time to go see? Well, you always have Lacueva, Volcano Vista, El Dorado. You have you have. Lots of programs that have so much playoff pedigree. But as far as a team that's been coming up the last few years, Cibola has been really building some buzz the last few years. And it's, it's largely centered around their quarterback, Aiden Chavez, who's approaching his junior year, who has been all over the camp circuit, all over the country. He's a fantastic prospect. He's an exciting player to watch. He's a pocket passer. He has some mobility. And he's got some great receivers around him. Uh, that was a team I feel like probably would have done damage last year if it, they would have had a fall season because they played very well in the spring, and they didn't have an easy schedule in the spring. They had one of the tougher schedules among the teams that, that were able to play. Cibola, for sure, um, has had people's attention. And uh, Sandia is a team trying, trying to get back with Chad Adcox at the helm, now approaching his third year. You have – Teams on the west side and, and even the south side of town that I've really got my eye on. West Mesa is another one that had a really good spring under Coach Antetique. They're, they're a team to watch, too. So you have all the normal teams around the metro, your Clevelands, Rio Ranchos, and the other kings of the Albuquerque districts. But there's, there's teams coming up as well. And I think this could be the most competitive season for sure in the Metro that we've seen in a long time. So it's, it's going to be an exciting 2021 season. And uh, what about outside of the Metro area? Who's going to make some noise in the outer parts of the state this year? Roswell won two state championships before the pandemic season, and they always reload. Coach Lynn does a fantastic job out there. Clovis, man, they, they had it going on uh, before the pandemic season. If, if any team uh, – is feeling like what if when they lost the pandemic season, it was Clovis. They had, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, five guys go D1, including their quarterback, Chance Harris, who's now at Colorado State. I want to say it's four kids that ended up 
from Clovis now with the Lobos, who are all trying to get on the field as freshmen, they, they had some talent. And Clovis definitely was happy to get some spring games in because they gave their younger players a chance to develop and try to get up to speed for the fall because their quarterback, Chance Harris, enrolled early to Colorado State. So it gave their quarterbacks who stepped in a chance to play and get some reps and, you know, get up to speed. So, yeah, Clovis, you got to watch out for them and, and see uh, which kids they brought up to replace all these D1 uh, commits that moved on. You have to look out for uh, Goddard. They've got one of the fastest players in the, in the state who, uh, who won a state championship at the track, at the state track and field championships last spring. Uh, I mean, there's talent all over the state, and it, it goes way beyond the Metro. The Metro has a lot of, you know, respect among the state and, you know, always has expectations around it. But there's, there's teams outside of the state. And, and I think Artiz is a team you can't forget about, too. You had Jeremy Maupin return to his alma mater after doing an unbelievable job with Las Lunas while he was the head coach there. He is now the head coach of the Bulldogs, and they've got maybe one of the most passionate fan bases in all the state and, and one of the, the great stadiums uh, in around New Mexico. So I think the Bulldog Bowl is going to be rocking and rolling, and, and uh, I, I can't wait for games to go. Brandon, you're the best. Love you guys. Right back well, at you, brother. Hey, one more time. Congra- congratulations. Thank you, boys. Who wants pancakes? I'm making pancakes right now. I got an hour. I'll be hungry in an hour. I'm going to break right now. When we get back, I'm going to tell you why J.R. Smith's the best thing to ever happen to college golf. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. I'm on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it in downtown at Berman and Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Van, the tailgate kicks off at 4 p.m. tonight. And obviously your first question is, where, where, when, what, what's going on? How much fun are we going to have tonight at the second ever Meow Wolf Night with the United at Rio Grande uh, Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park? Well, we brought David Carl on to tell you about all the festivities tonight. And also after this interview, he promised us gold scissors to help cut the ribbon on the new stadium that he's building. So that's very exciting. Welcome to the show, David. I'm really just kind of here for Brandon Ortega's pancakes, really. It's, okay. That's not the first time. I've I'll meet you over there in like an hour and 10 minutes, Dave. I'm down. Always down for free pancakes. Tailgate starts at 4. Is DJ O going to be there tonight? Uh, we'll have a couple different DJs out there tonight. There's going to be, as you said, it's, it's Meow Wolf Night. So part of Meow Wolf Night tailgate festivities include a costumed dance party. Uh, where everybody's showing up in their costumes, uh, going to jam out to, to what the DJs are spinning out there. Uh, and a few folks who are dressed up will be chosen to be finalists in our costume contest. And we're partnering with Meow Wolf on. They'll go on the field at halftime, and the grand prize winner of the best costume wins two tickets to the brand-new Meow Wolf Denver and airfare out there as well. So I have a, what I would call, movie authentic replica Brandon Ortega costume that I wear regularly. Do you think that'll put me in the mix? This is a legit true story. That red polo, uh, it's either Tiger Woods or Brandon Ortega, kind of puts you over the hump there. (laughs) 
It's going to be such a good time tonight. The first Meow Wolf party was 2019, correct me if that's wrong, and it was one of the biggest blasts your soccer team has ever put on entertainment-wise. Uh, aside from the giveaway, what else are you guys doing tonight at the field or at the pitch to excite fans? Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, as you mentioned, it starts at the tailgate. We've got that costume dance party. Rude Boy Cookies is going to be out there as well, and there's a cookie decorating contest. So you buy the little uh, cookie kit from Rude Boy over at their location um, in Knob Hill, and you bring your, you decorate them, bring them over. Uh, the winner of that gets some awesome New Mexico United and uh, Meow Wolf and Rude Boy Cookie prizes as well. Um, we're going to have that going on. We've got the DJ spinning. We have costume performers uh, from Meow Wolf kind of wandering around the tailgate lot and the stadium as well. Uh, there's this awesome, awesome organization that puts together these crazy masks um, that you can put together. It's kind of an arts and crafts station. Mystic Times is the name of it. Um, so, yeah, Mystic Times is going to be out there. You can create your own masks ahead of time. And then Meow Wolf is providing something called Snaggy's Closet. Well, you guys know Snaggy from Meow Wolf, but if you guys uh, get out there and, Van, you forgot to put together a costume for some reason, even though I'm here on the radio telling you to do it right now, um, they'll have a couple extra uh, kind of bells and whistles for you to attach to yourself going into the match so you can be prepared. Oh, you know I'm on board. I am completely comfortable making a fool of myself, as I often do. Well, I, uh, I hope that comes through in, in the form of a wonderful costume for tonight. I'm going to hold you to it. And if, by the way, if you show up without costume, just specifically you, Van, if you show up without costume, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to post it online. Uh, I'm going to post it online regardless. So if you've got a good costume, people will be excited. If you don't, you will be chastised by the greater Albuquerque community. Well, we'll, we'll be there in droves. We've got, we got a big group going to the tailgate. Sweet. Tell us a little bit about these super sweet new kits you got for Meow Wolf Night. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that's been crucial to United since day one, and I think you guys know this, is combining art and sport in ways that haven't been done in the past. So a uh, part of that uh, is making sure that we are doing everything we can to support and show off and brag about local artists. Um, and we got um, an incredible uh, local artist, Nico, put together. Uh, you may know him as Future Fantasy Delight, um, but he put together the design for this Incredible kit that we're going to be wearing tonight. We do a Meow Wolf kit every single Meow Wolf night. Nico Salazar um, put together two kits for us. They're kind of reverses of one another. One's black with white, one's white with black, and they feature these awesome new characters that Nico created um, that are all very New Mexican. One, you know, is named Hatch, and it's a chili, a chili playing soccer. And, you know, uh, one is a roadrunner. His name is Ronaldo. Um, and they're, they're all very good, and they all have backstories. It's a lot of fun. But these jerseys, again, created by a local artist because that's crucial to what we do and who we are as New Mexicans. And, and I've never seen anything quite like it as far as jerseys go in, in soccer or in any sport, really. David, I was at the Art Walk the other day, and I talked to two people. One was a big fan of the stadium, and the other one wasn't. What ammunition can I use to help convince those that aren't on board with this stadium plan to get on board? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I could I could talk to you for a whole hour about that. But I think uh, it's important to point out a, a couple different things. Um, you know, one is that the money that potentially would be allocated for this is not uh, a gift to New Mexico United uh, or any or any by any means. First, the city is going to own the, the stadium, which is the way it should be. It should be owned by the people. Um, and then in addition to that, 
you know, the $50 million that people are talking about right now, that is not a gift. It's a bond. It's essentially a loan that will absolutely be paid back. And then everything on top of that is gravy. New Mexico United is going to be a rent-paying tenant in this new stadium. And, and then most crucially, we all need to listen to each other, right? You, you mentioned you had one person who was for it, one person who was against it. Let's hear each other out. Let's have conversations. Let's not just poo-poo somebody because they disagree with us, right? Let's listen and, and make sure we're working together to try and find solutions to concerns that people have because it's a big project and, and we should make it community-focused. Dave, let's pivot. Uh, thanks for that, by the way. Let's pivot to uh, the product on the field. You got a rivalry game tonight for Mount Wolf Night. What, what's what's the expectation out there on the pitch? Yeah, playing against El Paso Locomotive. Um, they are currently first place in the Mountain Division. You know, we have, we do consider they consider us rivals. We consider them rivals. Um, yeah, it's a big match and and one that we're excited about. One not just because it's Meow Wolf and because we're playing at home and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but we have a kind of an, a not kind of we have a player who's never played a home game before, despite the fact that he's played a season, a full season with us, plus a full season plus. So David Nadjum played the entire 2020 season with New Mexico United, um, and then he, for the first half of this season, was with the Afghanistan national team. He wanted to focus on playing international soccer, on trying to qualify his team for the Olympics. So he was out there for the first entire half of the season. We just re-signed him a couple weeks ago, and this will be, despite the fact he's played for us for over a year, his first ever home game. And we're really excited uh, for David to get to play in front of the entire, you know, 10,000-plus that we expect at Isotopes Park tonight. Um, And, you know, he's he's a hell of a player, and we're excited to see what he's going to do against El Paso. I just pulled it up. Supporter section tickets are gone, but there are still the berm tickets available if you're looking for an affordable family night out, the most entertainment you could possibly have here in Albuquerque this evening. Uh, how big is a win tonight? What does that do for the team, or does that put them in standings-wise? Where? Do, how does that set the United up for the postseason uh, opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So we're just about halfway through the season. I think one game passed halfway through the year. If we win tonight, it puts us back into the playoff position. So tonight would be huge. And and as I mentioned before, El Paso is in first place in the Mountain Division. They've had a heck of a year. They've only lost one time all season. So it's, it's, yes, in the standings, it's massive because it puts us back again above the playoff line. But I think it's just as important mentally to be able to, you know, beat this team that has been very good all season, take those three points going forward. And I mean, talk about a confidence boost going ahead. So Three it seems like you are, what, two third. points off? Is that correct? What was that, sir? You're two points off of the playoff pay- place? Yeah, at the moment we're two points off the, off the playoff places. But the thing is the division is so crowded if you look at the standings. I mean, three points moves us from sixth to third, I believe. So it's, uh, it's really tight despite the fact that we're halfway through the season. And we kind of, you know, you guys are sports fans. You, you get it. You expect, you know, by this time in the season there to be kind of a break you know, within the division, right? And, and currently El Paso is, is very strongly ahead, but beyond that, it's really a cluster for much of the rest of the division. Just from the New Mexico United Twitter feed, uh, jerseys sold out at the team shop will be available at the stadium tonight. Uh, realistically, get there as early as possible. Yeah, that's right. We mentioned the tailgate stuff that starts around 4 o'clock. But, uh, yeah, those jerseys, there's not many of them left. Uh, there's the white with black and black with white. And they also have the new Meow Wolf Knight scarf that's going to be available as well. But I have a feeling those aren't going to last very long. So if you want to get one, I'd get there early. Hey, save me save me a white schmedium. Extra schmedium, gotcha. Yeah, they're, they're sharp.
I'm a big fan of Future Fantasy Delight, so it was really cool when found out that he's doing the kits. There's very strong work. Yeah, Nico Nico was out at our uh, kit launch event the other night on Thursday night where we turned the whole store essentially into a mini Meow Wolf. Um, and it was it was an absolute blast, and Nico is incredibly gracious to hang out with us, and, and the work he does is, is incredible. Um, and, again, we're just so proud of our New Mexican artists and always happy to show off and brag about them. Let me make sure I got this right, David. So you play tonight. You play yep. in, like, three days in California. And then you play a third game over the course of like eight days. Is that correct? So we play tonight. Uh, that's going to be at home uh, against El Paso Locomotive FC. And yeah, well, tonight we already talked about that. Um, but then we play at home again on Wednesday night. So the game is here, not in Oakland. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah, so we're at home on Wednesday night. So make sure you get your tickets for that one. Oakland Roots, brand new team to the league this year. And then we are on the road on the following Monday uh, at Austin Bold. Oh my God. So here at ABQ Central, a loyal listener knows that we're helpers and we love helping helpers. What does United have going on in the community right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we are we're partnering right now. It's uh, the the uh, drive is actually coming to an end uh, here in the next couple of days. We're doing a back to school supply drive with uh, <laughs> excuse me uh, back to school back to school supply drive with American Home Furniture and Mattress. Um, and we, anybody who comes in to donate any sort of school supplies will be entered uh, to win a kid's bed-slash-study loft. It's really, really cool. Um, you know, they'll get United stickers, back-to-school stickers, all that kind of stuff. Our goal is to fill 200 backpacks uh, with school supplies um, for kids who are going back to school. It's, it's, a, it's a weird time, man. Kids have been out of school in person in some cases for you know, over a year. So we really want to make that as comfortable as possible. And then in addition to that, at the game today, if anybody wants to bring art supplies, um, Meow Wolf, we're partnering on, with Meow Wolf on that, um, and we're going to make sure that kids have those for back to school. So kind of a two-for-one there. Bring some school supplies, bring some art supplies, and help out our kids who are heading back to school. David, Carl, thank you so very much. Anything we missed before we let you go? Um, just the pancakes. Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing your costumes tonight. Tickets still available online. We'll see you guys out there. So we appreciate you, David. Thanks, guys. David Carl, New Mexico United. You know, he runs like on the media. He's like he's plugged in the community like immensely. I think he's heading up the stadium project. If I'm being honest, I think he's like one of the key factors in it, Van. Like. Like, how are we so fortunate to have the guy who's most plugged into soccer in the entire city, like, like be so willing to contribute to us? Aren't we fortunate? We're so lucky to know so many good people. You know, I I referred to him earlier as the Swiss Army knife of New Mexico United. Kind of does it all. Yeah. The best. Uh, We're grabbing a break when we get back. I do want to talk about this J.R. Smith story. It's just my favorite thing from sports this week that wasn't Field of Dreams. Dan Busters presents ABQ Central live from the talk ABQ studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV as I am right now. Connect with us just as Brandon and David both did on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing game with I-9 Sports and we're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots, 95.9 FM and 610. The Sports Animal. Okay, Van, second best story of the week. You ready? Holla. J.R. Smith, former NBA player J.R. Smith, or as we call him here, J.R. Swish. I believe on Instagram 
His Instagram name, or excuse me, on Twitter, his Twitter name is Henny God. Don't know if that's 100% accurate. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what was that? The Henny God. He's Henny God. Oh, like Hennessy? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> or some Indian deity that I don't know of? No, I don't believe it's some Indian deity. Did he turn Hindu? Oh, gosh. I just love this. Uh, players stopped coming out of high school straight to the pros in 05, I believe, Van. Is that correct? Correct. He was 04. So he was 04. And he played I mean, he played. He played a grip. He played up until last season, right? Yeah, 16 years in the association. Played with the Lakers for five minutes. Hosted uh, the trophy twice. J.R. Smith. He's going to go back to North Carolina because originally he had like claimed he was going to play basketball for Dean Smith at the University of North Carolina. Do you remember this all the way back in 04, I guess? Correct. But then he balls out. Do you remember when McDonald's used to have the All-American game and it was like a big deal? Love it. Still do. Balls out. (laughs) He's like, forget it. I'll just get drafted by the Hornets. He's like, forget college. He's like, I'm going to go to New Orleans. Okay, I love it. I say forego college every time. I say forget education, get money. That's my opinion on college. Either you get an education and then eventually make money, or you can get money and then just buy an education. Yes, which I'm into. And, by the way, with the rest of the story, Jared Smith better not be on scholarship. Yeah, right. North Carolina A&T State University is going to bring in J.R. Smith to play golf. Van, the 35-year-old who just retired five minutes ago, is enrolling at the university where he will take university courses. And he's petitioned because he never used a single year of eligibility in college to play collegiate golf. Correct. Uh, I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. I am all for it, and I'm all for athletes changing careers, changing sports, trying new things. And apparently he's a very good golfer, and he has he's had a passion for it for a long time. And apparently he's going to make the team if the NCAA yeah. lets him in. And even though he was a professional athlete, and we all know professional athletes can't compete – per NCAA rules, but that's only professional athletes in your sport. Correct. This is a wildly different sport that should not get in the way of him competing. This is the Jeremy Bloom argument from forever ago when it was, can he return kicks for the University of Colorado and be a sponsored Olympic downhill skier? Yeah, but he's not doing two at once, right? Yeah, he's not doing two at once, right? He should get through. And um, I don't know how familiar you are with North Carolina A and T State University, but it's a uh, it's a like it's a famed like historically black college and and university association school, right? Yeah, yeah, HBCU. It's one of the like the second generations. And uh, in him, like the amount of attention that that will bring, the amount of like. Like right now, we're talking about it right now. There's there's zero percent chance we'll ever be talking about this. It's going to return in favor of the school multiple times over. 
you would think. And, and I think and let, gonna, let me say, if this yeah. doesn't work out as like a real thing for Josh Smith, that he goes and actually gets his education and actually gets to play golf, this would be an excellent homage or an excellent sequel to Rodney Dangerfield's 1986 comedy Back to School. Okay, I like where you're going. Where uh, a millionaire goes back to school and joins a frat. I would be super in to watch this movie, but we get to watch it in real life instead. Do you think it expires other athletes who would have collegiate eligibility, other professional athletes, not just in the NBA, who are of African-American descent, to go and, and put a year or two years or forget it, maybe even four years into a university to finish an education and bring some notoriety and assistance yeah, I think this is, you know, the, the story, the story is like a golfing story. Will J.R. Smith get to play NCAA golf? That's the main story, right? But like you said, will this draw attention and get more ex-athletes, you know, successful public figures to go back to school and support these HBCUs that so desperately do need this support? So I'm, I'm into that storyline as well. Do you believe that it brings a – I'm just going to use Air Jordan. Do you believe it brings, like, those kind of dollars, like like Phil Knight dollars, into programs and universities that might not have the opportunity to, to have those kind of features? Because you know, like, the – maybe I'll call Taryn Gregerson, friend of mine who works over at golf.com, but, like, it'll bring that kind of attention – and in, in, in media and sponsorships to that university that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Like, I only see it as a positive infusion into the community that surrounds A&T. Oh, I guarantee you, in the 100 percentile, if J.R. Smith clears the NCAA and gets to play golf at North Carolina A&T State, they're going to get sponsored by Jordan or Under Armour or whatever it may be. So this only enhances everyone's experience around him. You know, uh, a rising tide floats all boats. Like that's, right. It's going to help all the way around. Do you find it as a weird publicity stunt by J.R. Swish, or do you feel like it's like of like an altruistic manner and the idea of not just like continuous education, but uh, the help of community. Cause I'm telling you, that's the vibe I'm getting from it. Yeah. I believe this to be genuine. Same. And from what I understand, I read a couple articles on it when I heard about it. And apparently this comes from an ongoing conversation uh, in between him and his good friend, Chris Paul, yes. Chris, Chris Paul's the godfather to his children. Yes. And you know, they've, they've had existential talks about life after basketball and, J.R. Smith said, well, I want to go pursue my education, and I want to get better at golf. And they're like, why not do both? And here we are. Well, and I believe, and maybe this is wrong, but I think Chris Paul is either from the community that A&T is in or a, like a surrounding community. That's what like I understand, JR, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's where, like, the strong encouragement was for J.R. Smith and, again, at, you know, an HBCU school to say, 
hey, you know, we have a platform here, and I don't need that call. Don't at me with stay in your lane. Like, I don't need that right now. What I'm saying is to be able to take that spotlight, and only certain individuals are going to be able to do it. Not every athlete is going to fit this mold. But I think J.R. Smith is the perfect level of athlete who, number one, has a ton of personality. Number two, is a probably good at every sport on the planet. And the NBA was so fortunate for him to choose the NBA. This, to me, is like a real special, unique one. And I hope starts a trend. And I don't necessarily know where you're going to pull a lot of guys from that have eligibility after this point. Maybe overseas guys. Maybe from... Hey, we played, you know, in a developmental for one year and then got drafted. I'm just talking about the NBA, obviously. Like, you won't be able to get a lot of college football players, or excuse me, professional football players. A lot of baseball players could do this, Van. You know, a lot of baseball players are very good at, well, everything. Joining the program on the Graphic Connection Hotline, Howard. Howard, welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good. How you be, Howard? You know, you guys are missing the whole thing here. J.R. Swiss went back to college because now the NCAA, they have to pay him for his likeness and his image. Oh, so smart. Okay. He's going back to college to continue to get paid. That is not a bad point, Howard. Do I hate this take? This is a very good take. <laughs> Guess what? And it's going to get a lot of notoriety and public publicity because he's J.R. Smith going back to college to play golf. I mean, it's going to be all over the place. And you know what? Uh, what does he do? I mean, does he tuck that away with the other hundreds of millions he has, or does he donate it back to the university? That's an excellent question. Like what what yeah. kind of draw financially would J.R. Smith be as a golfer? And then what does he do one day when he uh, calls up the coach? Coach, man, I am just too hungover to make practice this morning. And does he keep a bag, a bottle of penny in his a golf bag as he's walking around? If he well, golfs like we do, yes. Well, Howard, well, I think luckily most of his teammates are going to be under 21, and he can't take them to the strip club. So, um, yeah. You know, he'll have to make it rain on the golf course. Hey, I know the segment's coming to a close. So I want to make one quick last point about my Dallas Cowboys, okay? Yep. If Gail Gilbert has to quarterback this team, we are in huge trouble. Two, three wins at yes. most, and we have reached a level of mediocrity unbeknownst to Cowboy fans since the 1-15 season J- Jimmy Johnson took over. But my biggest thing is, Gail Gilbert, is that the best we can do? Why didn't we just go grab Melissa Gilbert? You've seen her gallop down that hill in Little House on the Prairie. Oh, I mean, we might be better off. Have a great weekend, guys. Hey, thanks, Howard. Excellent reference, by the way. That's a does a deep dive on Melissa Gilbert. I I didn't think we were gonna have a lot of Michael Landon talk tonight, but I'm glad we got there. I'm glad we got to that point. Hey, Howard's not wrong though. Like Mike McCarthy was a blast with Aaron Rodgers for so very long. He's He's about to look a fool if Dak Prescott can't do it. Grab a break, fam, when we get back. 15 more minutes of sports talk. Uh, I got baseball on my mind. I got, I don't know, I got a couple things, but we'll we'll work it out. You want to talk Deion Lewis, perhaps? Yeah, let's see where that leads us. 
See where that leads us. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. I'm on the road this week with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon & Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. All right, Van Allen. Yeah. Your boy... Six years ago in fantasy football, Deion Lewis is retiring after eight seasons in the NFL. He's got a ship. He made $16 million. Good for he him. He came back from injury twice. Two broken legs, right? Uh, One broken leg, one knee. Okay, close enough. Close enough. Ten seasons. Eight seasons uh, he participated in, made $16 million, got a championship, and he left multiple contracts on the table and retired. Well, Dallas Cowboy fan has called it for years, man. Playing for the Giants is just that bad. <sighs> and he put up numbers, played a long time. 31 is old. 20 years ago in the NFL. It's not old anymore. It's old for a running back, but, oh, you know, man. with all of his time missed, and he's not a high-carry guy, he's a dual-threat guy. He probably has more uh, receptions and carries usually. But he left a lot of money on the table. Is this? you think this is a trend that we're going to see more and more of? 2,400 rushing yards, 13 TDs on the ground. 1,400 receiving yards, eight catches for scores. Um, do I think it's a trend? I do loosely because money is higher than it's ever been. Guys get paid more early than they have. Also, the way NFL teams do it now, specifically speaking about the NFL, they will front load everything so that they don't have to deal with money in the future. So you walk away with more money up front if you get it. Also, there's a magic number, right? Like how much money is enough money to where you don't want to risk breaking your legs? Again. Yeah. Or getting concussed again and getting CTE or something that's going to really impact the later years in your life. And now I agree with Howard. If you're Deion Lewis... Just go back to college. Keep getting paid. Play golf. Go join the uh, lacrosse team. He There's would like kill a... at lacrosse. Oh, yeah. Shifty I mean, little dude. Mm-hmm. Look at him out there. Look at him go. Get sponsored by Lacoste. <laughs> lacoste, lacrosse. Obviously, we're joking here because you would have to have eligibility, which he does not. Um... Yeah, I mean, I do think it's a trend because, you know, we've had some retirements as of late. That surprised me. Luke Keekley was a weird retirement for me because um, I think he was 28. But like you said, multiple concussions, you know, like you can't chance that stuff. Like Rob Gronkowski, even though he, you know, returned to the game like that one seemed uh, your boy, Andrew Luck. Down hey, in we, haven't, uh, we haven't we uh, haven't named a varsity yet, have we? Uh, we have not named a varsity, no. The varsity of early retirements. How about that one? Okay, yeah, I'm in for sure. Yeah, the varsity of early retirements. 
And Dion Lewis, like, as long as he stays healthy, he's the kind of guy who will have a job until his legs fail him because he's the modern running back. There's only so many Adrian Petersons and Derek Henrys. Those guys are just absolute freaks. Right. But the guy who can take it up the middle, go outside of the tackle, but more importantly, block for your quarterback and get receptions out of the backfield, every team needs one of those guys. And he left a lot of money on the table and is like, nope, hands up in the air, I am done. Today's I-9 varsity, the varsity of early retirements. I think the NFL is the one where you give the biggest, like, I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if it's like Patrick Willis was another good example. Like, if there's, I get it. Like, your body is going through it. And you need your body to last forever. I think I've told you this before, at least off the air. You know, I met Jim Brown a couple years ago. And... (laughs) Jim Brown struggled to stand in place. And that's a life that you wouldn't necessarily wish upon anyone. Jim Brown's lower body did not function for him. Right. And you're going to see year after year more and more stories like that. Yeah. Like, is it the money? Is it the fame? Like, if you have a a borderline Hall of Fame career, do you pack it up or do you go after that everlasting glory? And then also it's like your level of dedication. You know, we we talk about actually way more than I ever thought anyone in Albuquerque would ever talk about on Sports Talk Radio, but we talk about Christian Okoye often and he retired after like three or four seasons and in his retirement, he was like, He's like, I don't love football anymore. It's just a job. Sure. Are you willing to have like multiple like knee surgeries for just a job? If well, I, I saying, show up and keep playing baseball and keep hurting myself, yeah. so I guess so. <laughs> they hey, don't even pay you, me to do it. That's a passion profession, though. That's not just a job. Sure. Yeah. You know, because like you think because like when you're a fan of you know, the team, I always use Dallas Cowboys because we're in Albuquerque. But when you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you think every player has to love the team as much as you do. They don't. No, absolutely not. No. And and a lot of the times the people who are successful, who who stay healthy, who have longevity, are the people who do treat it like a job. Who check off all the boxes and, and treat it like a job. And you show up to work every day and you do what you have to do not just go out there and play your heart out because that's that's a lot of the times when the injuries happen you're fighting for that extra yard instead of falling down and and protecting yourself what about a guy too like like using the top you know like tom brady right like i have no doubt in my mind tom brady considers playing football a job you see how he maintains his professional appearance he maintains his body maintains his life off the field but you don't do that without an amount of like passion and dedication to it. And if you are a player that can't match that, like you're going to end up working yourself out anyways. The level of skill is so high, specifically in the NFL, to where if, if you don't just sweat it, like if you don't only eat, eat breathe, drink, sleep, make love to, 
your job is NFL football player, you're not going to make it. Well, that's a that's a hundred percent. Can you imagine going out there on the football field against eleven guys, like as a running back, who want to stop you from being a running back and be like, I think I'm going to be a little timid here. Sure. Yeah, you can't. But still, I mean, to me, there's a difference in between that extra spin move, that extra hurdle, that extra broken tackle, instead of like, okay, I got my four yards, I'm going to safely fall down after contact, get up and do it again. Because that's, that's in your head, too. It's not like you're you're not going out there and giving it your all. It's like you know how to play. You know how to take a hit and fall down. You know how to avoid injury. I mean, look at look at somebody like Frank Gore. Good point. He doesn't have to do all the juke moves and spin moves and stiff arms. He he takes what the defense gives him and he protects himself and he does it over and over and over and over again. And now he's got a Hall of Fame career by being smart. He's argues he's arguably a top five running back ever, and I would never think of it. Right. When you're listing your greatest running backs no. of all time, not a lot of people say Frank Gore. Absolutely But, but no. there he is in every statistical metric, just right there. And not everyone's on that career path, right? Like, Deion Lewis is not on that career path. Correct. Like he's a guy who made $16 million. Between me and you, I think we could split that and live the rest of our lives perfectly fine. I mean, I'm good with one or two. I'll just give the rest away. I guess Dion Lewis probably has that same attitude as well. Yeah. There's some crypto I'd like to invest in. Just something I'd throw some money at or whatever. I'm going to think I'm investing in blood, though. That's, I don't know what that is. The, okay. Bloods and That's a rival one. Yep. Okay. I didn't I'll show myself out. Calvin Johnson retired five years ago at the age of 30 or 31 or whatever. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, but how many Calvin Johnsons are there? Literally one. Who's in in that echelon that can retire at 30 and be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss. Earl Campbell is the other one that comes immediately to my mind. Earl Campbell, sure. Yeah, he retired at 31. Maybe a Terrell Davis. Yeah, but again, okay, I don't hate that one. Um, Walter Payton. Did he retire at 30? Because he was older than that. 31, 32. Oh, was it that young? Gail Sayers, I know, got out of the game. His fourth year, he only played four, yeah. I think. No, uh, Well, no. So he played for seven years, but he got out very young. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I get it. I get showing up and getting paid and going. I super get that. I don't think Andrew Luck showed up, got paid, and left because he didn't want to play. I think he showed up and knew he couldn't keep going. Right. I don't even know if his legs work today. I really, I'm being serious. I don't know. I thought he retired because he had that weird gland thing. That what made is his that? voice that made his voice sound like that, like Andre the Giant. Oh 
okay, that's no. He doesn't have a like a gland issue that makes him grow the size of Andre the Giant. Well, I didn't say he grew the size of Andre the Giant. I mean, he might one day. Who knows? All right, but he had the same this, voice as Andre the Giant. I like your smooth transition to pro wrestling talk as much as I like Trey Turner's smooth slide into home the other night. Oh, wasn't that sexy? Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio and on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us on the Gravit Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports, and we're powered by New Mexico Pinion. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Well, hey, buddy. Hey, guys. What's happening? What's happening with you cats today? Everything's good, huh? I've never complained a day in my life. I know, man. That's what I like about you, man. Cats are real. (laughs) So, hey, you know, I'm an advocate of, um, I'd like to see, I'd like to hear Dave and Buster every day. That's what I'm an advocate. I mean, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I have serious, um, on my truck, I'm on the road a lot. My job dictates it. Um, I really think you cats need a, a daily show. But I want an extended invite to you guys and my 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 favorite of them all, Mike Vital, to come up north, come up to Pilar, go fishing. We'll put you guys on the river, just show you around and show you some of the critters we have up there and extend an invitation to you guys to come up and Spend some time with me up up north. How beautiful and lovely is that? Dan, oh, man, what an awesome offer. awesome offer. Yeah, get your information over to Michael, and we will figure that out uh, off the air, Dan. We will definitely set something up. Yeah, man, I, I, I look forward to it, and, I, and I, uh, I can't wait to meet you guys in person and see what's going on. I've been listening for a long time now, and um, I just wanted to extend that because we are brothers keepers, and uh, we've got to look out for one another. Oh, how kind. Good friend of the show, Dan. Dan, thank you. I appreciate the kind words, Dan. Kind thank words, you. Dan, thank you. How fortunate we are to be able to to make a fun impact sometimes. How fortunate we are. Contact I9 Sports League Office 280 at i9sports.com, 505-312-4999. Today's I9 Varsity is picked by... My co-host, Van, is early Five retirements. Minutes. Early retirements. Van, are you ready? The varsity of early varsity retirement, of yes. Early retirement, okay. Yes. You want to go first or you want me to? Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. All right. I'm going to lead with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, you did No, you didn't. No, you didn't. What? Don't lead with Jimi Hendrix? Because that's it. I, I kind of hate you right now. I wish you're sitting right in front of me right now because we are going with this exact same shtick on this. So Jimi Hendrix, to me, Van, um, you may have heard Jimmy, but you're not listening to Jimmy. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, I think, uh, just kind of got out of the game a little too early. So Jimi Hendrix is on my varsity of early retirements. We need to spend some time apart, Fred. This is getting to be too much. Number one on my early retirement list is Kurt Cobain. Yes, very smart. <laughs> oh, my God, we're ridiculous. 
Did your list also consist of one Janis Joplin by any chance? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the uh-huh. next is Janis Joplin, and then I was going to okay. go River Phoenix. River Phoenix. <laughs> uh-huh. Jim Morrison of the Doors. Would Jim Morrison, correct. Yep. Okay. You, uh, I, know, I know you thought Amy Winehouse got out of the game a little early. Would Amy Winehouse be on your list? Yeah, I was going to segue into Heath Ledger eventually. The, which, yeah, which makes a ton of sense to me because we can only spend so much time talking about Brian Jones, you know, the founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones, um, who got out of the game a little a little too early, if you ask me. Correct. And I was going to send a shout out to Albuquerque and uh, also represent Freddie Prince. Freddie Prinz with the Albuquerque roots. With the Albuquerque roots. Reggie Lewis would have been on the list. There's a bunch of them, man. Uh, the bit here, Vital, is the twenty the twenty seven club is what we both had set each other up for. Um, famed celebrities, including Tyler Skaggs, who left us too soon, and we both were going to call retirement. See, Vital, you were expecting us, <laughs> expecting us to yeah. say Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. We both went with the same bit. But we both, but we both are piles of garbage, piles of garbage and, talked about and talked about actors and musicians who passed too early. Passed too early. That's where we were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why we need so to be sitting across from each other all the time, because I would have picked up on the yeah. bit. <laughs> we would have known, and then we would have pivoted. There would have been a John Belushi. John Belushi. Excellent work. Excellent work. There we go. Um, so we'll just cut the I-9 short and talk about how we love that the Cubs released Jake Arrieta because he's an idiot. You want to do that? Man, that's a fall from Man, grace, isn't it? from grace, isn't it? <laughs> 2015 Cy Young Award winner, re-signs with the Cubs, gives up eight of them in four innings, and berates a reporter, tells him he should take off his mask. The Cubs say, you got to go, dog. <laughs> he hasn't been himself hasn't in years been anyways. Years anyways. <sighs> the Cubs keep doing it dumb. Keep doing it so dumb. Like and we're talking unconditional release. Like they don't care. Like you yeah, you go to where you want right now. Yeah. yeah. You could you could literally do anything. Could we'll pay you not to be here. Not to be here. I have an internal laughter right now over today's varsity that is hard to explain to the listener. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they enjoyed it because I enjoyed it way more. Way more. That we're six hours away from each other and we had the same shtick. My favorite tweet on the Arietta thing was uh, Sean Holland. It says, quote, ironically, despite his anti-vaccine stance, Jake Arrieta's arm is shot. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. The funniest guy is not on talk radio. The funniest guy is not a comedian. The funniest guy you work with at your job and no one knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he works He works at Kinko's and, like, he picks up, yeah. like, he picks like up one shift with his buddy who has a landscaping company every once in a while. Every once in a while. And he, he just has everyone rolling. And he has no yeah. intent whatsoever on turning that into a career. And everyone says, you should go do stand-up. And he's like, I don't know, man. I got a lot of weed to smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I don't know, man. I'm, I, don't know, man. I got a lot of Fortnite rankings to climb up. 
That's the thing. If you're really funny, I want to know about you. And if the only way I can do that is through a Twitter, go start a Twitter. We didn't discuss Suicide Squad, so we'll give you guys an extra week to watch it, and we'll ruin it for you next week. Uh, we will have technology figured, but I will be live on the road next week from Portland, Oregon, uh, doing a little work van for the movie that you and I shot, meeting with some meeting with our director and trying to figure that out. So we're excited to put a bow on that and be able to present that to the audience. You did such a good job in hour one. Thank you for bearing with me through my technical difficulties. Music. You know, I, I, I like a good challenge. It was, like it was fun to be on here by myself, unexpectedly. If I knew I was going to be by myself, I'd be wildly more prepared instead of, you know, how we roll. Well, normally Vital is there to carry the load, but he had worked behind the scenes vigorously to get me on the product today, and he did such a very good job. Van, I hear the music in my headset, so I know it's time to go. Any final words before we before we cut this one loose? Oh, goodness, too much for the time allotted, my friend. Thank you to Brandon. Thank you to David. Thank you to Howard. Thank you to Dan. Did I miss anyone in the first segment? Uh, Tommy. Tommy called in as well. Thank you to Tommy. I apologize for missing you, Tommy. I'll catch it on the podcast. Good job, everyone. GG. See you next week, Burke. See you next week, Burke.